I'm remembering this now many, many years ago. Um, I used to spend a lot of time on my own. Uh, prior to that, before that one, um, not so much. But after the um, the first, after this meeting, which I say in the, uh, the the realization of God, after this, um, I could spend time on my own. I simply just enjoyed. I did not make any. Um, uh, I don't remember any effort at all involved in that at all. It was just something that felt very comfortable, very good. And uh, as I was sitting here, like I found myself mm, I was not so easy in the company of people. And at that time I felt they were not so easy in my company. It was very strong time energetically because um, it, there was clearly something here that was not in my control. It was here. It was uh, very tangible, tangible for me. And, um, uh, I saw a very powerful vibration was there, and I, I, I know that it it was manifesting outwardly also because I could see it in the behaviour of people. In those days, I was not inclined to speak very much. Um, but I, I didn't know what to say anyway. And I had one. Um, I had one, one piece of uh, the root of a tree that was cut in the local park. They cut. I asked them. Can I have this piece of wood? And they said, Yes, you can take it, because they were shredding these trees from Brockle Park. And they cut the tree, and I took it, and I took it home. And I had this tree inside my room for many years. I turned it upside down, so the bit that was the root was sliced off, was broader at the top, and I took it up. I had it in the room, in my room at the top of the house. And in those days, I had a a room which had a window that looked out onto the side of another house, and the house would have been maybe say uh, twelve meters, ten meters away, but there was only wall I could look at there, and it was very beautiful for me, because my mind and my eyes and my heart did not choose for contact with, uh, you know. Anything living, or so, just to look at the side of the house, and this tree became, this tree table became a thing. I was find myself looking at it, and I was having this feeling: I have to be <coughs> as empty as you. It became a wonderful kind of meditation because I found there was a kind of emptiness, but I did not know what it is. Um, this is before the meeting with Papaji, and this there was a 
there is an empty. I did not. I'm using the word understand it, you know, kind of way. I mean, it it was a, a period when I was more um, familiar with kind of uh, Christian uh, mm, thinking, maybe not so much thinking because I was brought up with that, but you know, but perceiving things in this kind of Christ context, you know, like this. Um, emptiness was not something I was taught to expect. So I, it was just altogether a sort of an inner inwardness for me, and uh, years later, when I so I spent many many years actually just sitting and just enjoyed. I lived with my sister, and I had a room at the top of the house. This house used to be lived in with my mother, and she went back to Jamaica. My sister and I lived in this house. But we rarely saw each other. In those days, I did not have any. I had no income at all after finishing teaching. This is what after finishing teaching, and um, I was not someone who could save money. Uh, I didn't have this thing, and uh, so after finished teaching, um, the money I had, the little money I had saved up, and uh, it was gone very quickly, and. Um, I just spent a lot of time on my own. I was very happy like that. When I began to see people many years later, they come. I could not really. I was not much used to talking, <coughs> and the people started. Uh, I started meeting people, and they would come, and uh, they would. Come. Some people started to come to be with me. It started from the days when I was selling incense on the street. I don't know why I'm telling you this; is just coming out. Like selling incense on the street, and I started doing these thought for the days. I don't know if you know about it, and started writing these things, these aphorism sayings that I felt touched by them, and people would come and ask, hey, "Incense man, can I have a thought for day?" Thought for the day, and they go in my bag and take one, and they'd read, and sometimes I ask you what it means these things, and I would talk to them a little bit about it. So uh, this is how I started meeting people, talking with them like that. Then started to sit with people, spend time with them. They spent time with me, but I was not talking. Uh, what I found is that I could not really look at uh, anyone. I could not find that silence in them. I'd always meet uh, some something personal was there. So the only way I would look, I'd find, I'd have to look at some inanimate object, like a, a plant or well. It is a living thing, but you know, or to look at uh, um, a picture, or sometimes just a, a stone, or something like this. I feel in the years I've been trying to find someone. 
I don't know if those are the right words. I don't think I'm trying anything at all. I'm very thankful that we could come today. Mm. And um, there are times like when there is just total stop. What? Then it goes. What goes? What goes? First of all, it's not stop. <coughs> what is does not stop, and it doesn't start also. If it stop, it must mean that it was going and stop. It's not stop. It's not a stop moment also. It's not stop. Stop is something that comes when maybe the mind experiences uh, non-engagement or something like that. Or you may say like this, or in the consciousness there is non-engagement with uh, phenomenality, with objects or things, then we experience a sense of stop, but that is not the Self. Therefore, when I speak of stop, I am not speaking that uh, of a physical quietness necessarily. It's very important to point this out, because it's been largely misunderstood, and people feel that uh, when we sit and be very quiet, this is very helpful also, very, very beautiful. And you can begin to perhaps watch uh, watch uh, your thoughts and so on. And then gradually, as you can watch your thoughts, uh, you see you notice that in watching them, if you are able to watch, you cannot be there, what they are. You are simply observing. It's a relationship. This watching is a relationship between that which watches and that which is watched. You see, like that. And that is very useful. It's very helpful that you are watching like that, and then you see that you know this. I cannot be. Whether there are thoughts by watching, I don't mean I. The watching of you know the physical. Eyes watching something, not like this, but uh, perceiving, the functioning of perceiving or perception. That activity is uh, unfolding, is happening by itself, and there is awareness of this. Then you see that the object of uh, perception, they are always on the move, they come and go, this activity, in that uh, vibrant consciousness. So the activity come and go, come and go, come and go. <coughs> that which is observing the activities coming and going, but is not interested or tied to it, can that be watched also? And they can come. They have to say yes, telling them. That 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 you. Become by the time you come to this point where you are not following, uh, the mind wants to make a story of the object of perception to link it with other things, and is rolling into a flow of thinking. By that, this 
uh, you are not going to be doing this. Uh, simply noticing the, the arbitrariness of thoughts coming. And they are going to be arbitrary, meaning that they are not rolling into a story if you don't uh, connect up with it. Connecting up with it means that somehow you um, you are registering yourself as, uh, as an entity and moving towards identity. And then you can have this kind of thing with the thoughts. So you don't go to this. Uh, you are aware of uh, of all of this, and it is as though you are not doing anything at all. You are simply watching the mechanism, and the functioning of the of the mind and uh, the thought activity, sensation, perception, and so on like that. But then you become aware of the space in which there is no active engagement with anything at all. It is permitting all these things to take place. But it itself is not taking place, you see. Uh, that which is aware of this and this are the same thing. That's this. You can look at it like that. So if in your daily life you have to interact in the dynamic arena, so this is the place of actions and reactions and interactions and so on. They are happening spontaneously. If there is no investment in any particular, if there is no emotional investment, there is no identity, there is no need to pick up identity with them. It is going. And this is what I call the cosmic activity, meaning the activity that belongs to this life to be uh, happening generally. We don't have to be too scientific about it, but that is what is happening. There is another activity which is generated from the sense of personhood, the person's intention, the person. If it's forceful, if what we call the person is growing in sensitivity to its environment and its inwardness, then it finds that it comes quickly in alignment with what I call the cosmic consciousness. Meaning that, in spite of whatever you are you are doing, something is feels like it's right, and it will not exhaust you. Your activities will not exhaust you. No, not make you feel tired. You can follow this. Yes. Yeah, you don't feel that uh, somehow uh, you get exhausted mostly because of mind, more than body. And the mind will work through the body and also make the body very tired. Like that. So that's one kind of thing. The reason why I'm saying this is that if you have to interact by nature, it's natural to interact. Mm, but that actions, reactions, interactions, they are all happening in the great space of emptiness. I'm using that word emptiness, it's just uh, it's useful for now. When I say that every happening is a blip inside the infiniteness of the non-happening, but the non-happening doesn't move over to let happening happen. So therefore, when you are, hmm, doesn't matter. Don't say that you know because I'm moving about. I'm not quiet. Don't register that concept. It's not a good one. It will just bring hardship for you. Uh, the self is uh, is not caught up in the traffic of emotions and senses. It's not apart from them in the sense that it's not it's not an object to be apart from something. It permeates everything. Even to say it permeates. Am I being too detailed now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Kurtia, 
admit this is at this moment a bit the sadhana. Like when you sit in contemplation, it's so natural. But the moment you go out, it's like where you say you mm, plug in with your senses, and it happens in uh, so quickly. Yeah, should not, should not. It really doesn't happen. You say it happens. You make it happen. Your use of concepts determine your experience. If you say that when you say, but when I go out, when I connect with people, you create something that is unnatural. It's not. A, it's not. A, um, it must be so that um, whatever activities happen, whether it is through speaking or or even thinking or interacting with being, makes absolutely no difference. You see, like uh, for like for space. Mm. Doesn't matter how many things are appearing in the space; it doesn't uh, take away the space. It doesn't affect it. It has no space is still there. And, and even mm. that I know, mm. even experientially, but still, also like what I see is sometimes it does come up, uh, and it's also quickly seen. Yeah. Thank God, but still it happens. Is not the practice. When you understand this. It's not a. You may call it a kind of. We're using words in their limitation. You may call it a kind of environment or something. You may call it an atmosphere. You can call it emptiness. You can call it space. You can call it nothing. And these are very useful words. If you notice that they are not words about content, they're, you know. But uh, and also, there's nothing to create here. There's nothing to create. You are simply discovering, going beyond the field of uh, comparative uh, perception. So if there's if there's nothing to compare, then there's nothing to experience. There's no there's no. Um, <coughs> it may sound uh, you have to eat these words, but there must be nothing left of them. You're not doing. You're not doing emptiness. Nobody can do the self. It cannot go. It cannot come. Everything else will come and go. When I use the term, everything clouds passing, waves flowing by. It should have a very significant impact upon your inner perception. It's all free. Nothing there to. There's nothing to be stuck. No constipation, nothing at all is there. Nothing can stick to it. There's no duality in it. There's no you and it. Although for a long time it may feel like that, you know. Yes, you know. I feel like sometimes I, I feel so empty, and this is not the self. Actually, this talking is still in reference to an entity. Uh, achieving something is it's fine up to a point. Uh, don't feel that you're going to reach a place. Uh, you say, oh yes, now I can say that. Yes, now I can say I'm the self. Uh, even a sage may utter such a thing, but it's rare, and in some specific circumstances, they may feel a kind of compromise to say something like that. But um, you just quietly pay attention to what is being heard. That you know, 
whatever it is that appears in any form, which it is thought or emotion, feeling of any zone of time, like in from the past or about the future or even about the present, all of it is phenomenal, meaning that it's just traffic. It's just air. It's air in space. This you must understand. For a while, because of uh, uh, you may call uh, culture, so on, the way that we use our mind, we may feel that you know. Yes, you have to practice and practice this, and yes, you do. And in the beginning, efforts may be needed. Effort is needed no? until effort is not needed. But it will not be sent by the mind. It will come naturally. It will just be there. You will not even think effort. Just uh, uh, more or less uh, seeing that you are already here, and if there is an effort, it is only to keep out this thought to that you know you have to do something, or, or the thought is inviting uh, the consciousness to go into the shape of a person or something like that. You follow? And uh, don't think about how long it takes. Yes, you do. And gradually, there's less uh, objective self-references. Something thins away in this. I want to talk a little bit about it because fear comes from many people, but it doesn't come in the realization of the self. But as we are approaching, so you, let's put it like: as you are approaching, you are coming into that, into that auspiciousness. Some fear will come. Ancient fears, fear of. Uh, a dissolution or something, a non-existence, and like that. But they all come from mind. The thing that we have learned to be, which is personal, uh, God made it like this: that all must taste um, the the field of delusion. All must feel. Must be immersed for some time in um, identity, personhood, um, conditioning, and so on. But inwardly, everything you need to transcend is with you already. You, you must accept that. Almost like you have to go to sea. You're going to be on this craft. You're going to have. You're going to probably meet some tidal waves, some huge waves. Your both may capsize, everything, and the ship may sink. But everything you have, you need to survive, is with you. Like that. And in order to transcend, because. I am putting it that this, the main thing in this life is to transcend, to overcome, to understand, to overcome, to transcend the the forces of uh, the consciousness, the the gunas, you know, the different uh, energetic impressions of consciousness when it is in manifestation, uh, the diff- the tendency to be, you know, to go towards a very strong, you know, expression of creativity or. Or resistance, or whatever it is, you know, 
uh, even purity, and to, to go beyond. I can go on more into detail, but I don't want to do that right now. <clears throat> you know, sometimes when we put, uh, you may all experience, you don't, you don't mind being behind a camera taking a picture, but if a camera is put at you, you have a lot of strange behaviour come from you. It's a little bit of an example, because um, some people may become used to that, because it's part of their work to be photographed a lot or something, get used to it, and so at a certain point, nothing moves if a camera turns, nothing moves inside you. You know? Maybe that can happen. Mm. There's a reference where I said that, For myself, when I feel I can rest my eyes on, let's call it someone like that, and uh, it's not personal, and um, it's not creating a separation in you. And uh, it's not something to do. There's something to do. A camera is a very good uh, um, example. What does it brings up when somebody put a camera there, and then you start to watch? It provokes some reaction inside. It provokes some reaction inside. What to, what to do about it? First of all, to see, you know, the reactions inside are almost always personal. Then you have to watch this personal activity is living in you. What is it that is not comfortable to be seen? Now, there is something in that anyway. If you, there's a time when you don't want to, you will look at someone. You don't want to look at them. Something is there that uh, you don't don't want to look at them, and uh, it's coming also from the self. So I don't want to put anything in life like it's you know this is this is a measure of the self there's nothing i can think of is a measure of the self you see we spoke not long ago about this eye watching how important it is because for most times we are not we are we are object watching watching uh, What's going on through the mind, and this person said this, and the memory, and blah, blah. but eye watching is watching the one who is involved in this thing also. When uh, there's awareness of this, then you find that the the the, the ability to focus on that it seems much more shifty. That is also watched, and you stay with it. Sometimes you may feel that from the mind comes another invitation to change your. Your program to watch something else, and you know you should bring it back. 
through this one singular um, recognition, it will break down. A lot of other things will fall because of it. You, you actually never began. I don't know what I'm saying to you, or maybe nobody. But uh, in your book, in this chapter, is an auspicious chapter because uh, some somehow you are beginning to discover, uh, or you stand a chance to discover your your true nature, and, and uh, that is probably the most auspicious. Thing will happen in your life to go beyond the surface of uh, surface conditioning and to be in uh, in your original nature. Uh, this is for everybody. If there is an urge within you for that, if there is urge in that, and even the urge, I don't put down to you. The grace must put it there. Must have called you the grace of your own being, that your being wants it, your being wants it uh, beyond what your mind may want, because there is a some struggle there sometimes. What the mind wants, and what we are accustomed to, what the mind wants, and we are calling that what we want, and to know the difference between your mind and yourself. This is going to be very significant. And how to uh, somehow we may say return to peace, which is your natural perfume actually, and uh, joy and happiness. It's not something that you can create. You can only discover first thing your innate happiness and joy and peace. And, And they will never leave you to the point where they never leave you. They are not tied to any event or to any person or to anything. That they are the natural fragrance of your being. So they will not leave you. Every being have even some psychic smell. But even your psychic smell is not as pure as this fragrance of peace and joy. Psychic smell means sometimes there's some mixture of uh, personhood and conditioning and your prejudices, your likes and dislikes and so on create a sort of like a certain you can call it a vibration or something. But none of this is as pure as what I call your natural fragrance, which is for everybody is peace and natural happiness to the point where you don't have to go to look for happiness. Things cannot make you happy, but uh, yes. And uh, and the, the most important uh, that releases these fragrances is the beginning to the recognition of what you are. Not you are not limited. You cannot fit on any resume, any curriculum, vita, not like that. Uh, you cannot be defined, but you don't say that with words. You are discovering it more and more. You are discovering that you have no edges. 
you see. If you are called by grace and you are um, already something is dissolving. What is dissolving is the strength of what you was not with you from the original time. What is not original with you cannot stay with you. This is why we go through so many shades and modes of person and personality. Because something in when we have the conviction of personhood, we keep on trying what fits. And everything fits, seem to fit, but for a little time. You have to keep going from role to role, from play to play. That is in the very liquid realm, like that. But you must discover the unchanging. We are here to discover the unchanging. This is primarily. Without this, your life will just keep turning, 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 which is fine, because uh, this, uh, the phenomenal world, is uh, by nature. What is constant about it is that it's constantly changing. There is some changing. Even your favorite concepts you cannot hold on to. It changes, and you, the one who is attached to it, is also changing. Everything is changing, and it's fine. At a certain point, you'll be very happy that things change. When you are a person, you will want some things to not change, because you like them very much. But it's not in their nature to not change, and they'll change, and you'll feel that you lost something that you wish you could keep, and so on. But as you discover yourself, you'll find that uh, you are there from the origin. All these things can come and go, but something is here does not come and go, and yet it is never stale. It is never stagnant. It is never boring. Uh, stupid word to use, but it's not like that. And uh, then your story in one life stream. You have many stories in there, and uh, and uh, in your book you still have many stories. Book of different lives you can call. You don't remember them because God dims your memory, so you don't have to have all that stuff. Only that you deal with the things that you can deal with in this incarnation, you can deal with it. When you when you're off the grid, you understand this terminology. It is not that the world is horrible, the world is not horrible. Anyway, there is no one world. There is one earth, there is no one world. For each of you, you have your own world. Your unique way of perceiving the world you know, creates a world that is totally imagined. It is not true. And one of the greatness of interacting with other human beings is to see that your world may not fit into their world, everybody. It is only as you are discovering the truth of yourself, you can experience and know the, that in which all the worlds come from, and in which they exist. It is not an information world. It is not like that. So I said before that we don't have to dismiss the world. We are not anti-life. We are not uh, against any group. We are not uh, proactive for some group. We are simply for truth. And truth is not like some sacred cluster of concepts. 
it is life, and beyond the life that is rooted in concepts. Concepts are fine, and we can explore with concepts, but don't lock them into any tight shape. This is a simple pointers. So you don't get stuck in the quicksand of personhood. Mm. After the God realization, when you become space like, empty, then do things reveal itself which is previously unknown? There really is no interest in them. There is not really any interest. Once you are awake to yourself, to the Self, there isn't really any interest to know about all. It may get revealed, because in your, in this particular, um, you may call your Parabdha Karma, in this particular life that's being lived, in, in the body and everything like this, um, there are some particular expressions that has to come. And, and they will be revealed in that, in that life. You know, whatever needs to be. We don't know. It can come many things. Not everything. There's everything, but the 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 real quintessential quality of everythingness is is nothing actually. Is this kind of nothing? But it's not the way that the mind perceives it. The mind can never perceive it. You spontaneously come to know uh, what needs to be known, and uh, this kind of knowledge is not even the highest, because if the knowledge imply a kind of uh, duality, normally, like language implies duality, in a way, and then this duality, not language, is being used to you know to try and find that which is beyond duality. It requires a very very subtle mind to. See, we're using words like emptiness and pure awareness, and they are words they are very good amongst the field of words we have. They are very, very good, but they are not it. No one form, life form, can exhibit the total quality of Paramatma. It will use the forms to express different things. Yet it is. Yet it is. Uh, you have heard uh, one of Rumi's uh, saying. He says, "You are not just a drop in the ocean. You are also the ocean inside a drop, isn't it?" So what it mean then? It means that uh, a drop meaning name and form. You're not merely a drop in the ocean, because this is the way we are comfortable to feel. We are one amongst many, um, at the level that the consciousness has developed in its association with the body. I'm this person. This is me. When you see this body, you're going to find me here. You will not come and knock on this door and find somebody else here. That's the address. What the body gives you, no, like that. But beyond that, no, beyond this thing, uh, you can go more deeply. 
to the point where even this body may not exist for you. And what you may call your personal history, they will all disappear if you are not. Uh, they will at some point anyway. And even in, while we are living in the notion of personhood, everything, a thing has to move on to make space for other things also. Otherwise, you'll be clogged up conceptually. Uh, so, mm, some process taking care of that. We have been educated and conditioned to believe that the more you learn, the more you have. But at a certain point, you may start to find the more you learn, uh, the less space you have, the more uh, confined, defined you become. The more we learn about ourselves, the more strict our, con- our concepts behave. With limitation, like our our learning itself is imposing limitation. You see, I find that in the field also of many so-called experts, they are very limited in their outlook, because they are so dedicated to one discipline, which is an avenue of looking, a perspective of perceiving. Uh, the one who is free don't don't have this thing. They can they can look uh, from any particular point of view. They are not dedicated to any point of view, because they have surpassed the realm of concepts. Can you imagine this? You make use of concepts, but you have surpassed the, the, the grip, the limitation of concepts. Last week, I felt like Sambhasana is coming, but yesterday I was going up to my tent and I, I was feeling like, uh, you know, this Vasana is also not my business. <laughs> like, the, the, the Vasana is not my business, like, because I felt like there is someone, you know, wanting to not, not be here, like, like reminding myself the truth, you know, what I feel the, what I feel the truth to be, like, uh, and I felt like what do you feel the truth to be? Like, like this behavior or something like that is is, is, is doesn't define me or confine me or uh, something. You like being what? Um, just the awareness of, of that. Can you stand that? I felt like I feel like I can. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's even no. Uh, no trying in that. There is no need to dismiss your dynamic life completely. That is not cynically. You are simply going beyond the limitation that seems to get easily imposed upon you. If you, the more you start to, the more you are in the state of personhood, the more you find that you are stuck in some kind of role very easily. You are you are going to avoid this. You can uh, everything you can do and do really well um, without uh, uh, making a title out of it. So something is inside like that. No? Yes, yes. Okay. I just wanted to share, so so you know, not to dismiss something or just yes. just to check. So uh, 
why I say this is that as you are, you know, again relaxing into your natural state also, that um, that will also um, bear fruit in your dynamic state. You cannot be uh, somehow you're free of of these associations. They're, they're actually arising in the form of uh, love and compassion also in the dynamic field. Uh, like I say, if you make a beautiful chocolate cake, looks so beautiful, but it you taste it tastes like sardines. It's not a, not true. So the tasting of it is in the dynamic field also. You know? And in your interactions and so on, I have something there, but it is not your focus. And, uh, at a certain point, if your focus is the self, also at some point that focus is going to go. There won't be something focusing on the self. You are just yourself, just like you don't have to focus on being este, you know, and say, oh, I must be este. No, it's become it's a natural thing for you. It's very good. And also, I felt today, you know, the thought came, and I felt like the interest subsided. You know, there's nothing to to be pulled in into thoughts how it should be or shouldn't be like. And I also don't feel like, um, you know, just you know pushing it away or you know just oh he doesn't care or something like I don't care or this dynamic life or something. Like yeah. There's if no you go into like the I don't care, you become an I that doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's such a beautiful neutrality in you, but it's not trying to become anything at all. You're simply following and recognizing that whatever is perceived, you know, whatever is uh, perceived, there's no need to lock. Don't have to log into any shape. So I've been saying more recently that all this time that we have spent together is also mm, preparing you. For the simplest teaching, the simplest painting, which although it is the simplest, you couldn't get it before, because as a person you're too complex for simplicity. You see, so now if I say to you, don't don't go into any shape, it can have a power for you. It it, it finds its right place, and rather than having to go through episodes of trying to discuss and break something down, that would be enough for you. You see. Yeah, and um, it, it just becomes uh, an economy of uh, words. Also, at this point you again, you sort of just a reminder uh, not to become. And, uh, you know, it's not needed. We're, it's only kind of needed when you're holding the paradigm of personhood. The person needs so many things. And then they'll have to also, you know, the world is full of things that we thought we once need, and other people are getting them in car boot sales, in flea markets, because we, the mind will always keep coming. I need this, and need, 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 and you find you don't need. It's fine, also, you know, because the God is so generous, you know, to allow you to make every mistake. <laughs> but, uh, but even the mistakes, so-called, that we make, they become a richness. You know, you, you begin to see that uh, 
their growth hormones. Hmm? And you stay, keep staying away from you. You feel the, the toxicity of the egoic identity. You begin to recognize it. Because for most people, they don't realize, don't recognize the poison, the poison of, of ego. Especially when you identify, they don't call it ego. We call it it's personhood. I see a personhood. People can more accept that, and they don't see that uh, the poison of it. Uh, only as you're waking up into a deeper understanding experientially, you begin to, whoa, my God, you know, <laughs> I believe such a lot of rubbish actually about life and about who I should be and how I should be and all this kind of stuff. And you see now, you begin to see it. So that is one of the early steps of uh, awakening, that you are waking up from this dream of being a particular kind of person, and the pride of being this person also. You see? And, uh, somebody here needs to burst today. I don't know who it is. I don't know. I call you in here for something. I don't know. some words you want to speak to us and um, in this concerning you spoke about uh, this, the period of silence you were in and um, now it is still the same but yeah. it's not uh, uh, in that time it felt like it was something new from it was new for me yeah. in that stage of my life it was uh, I had not experienced I don't remember a time previous to that. That I would be able to sit by myself. Yeah? But in this time period now, is this for you now a longing to go back to this period? Is this. There is no longing for that. There is no longing for that. Because it would just be longing for a shape. And I don't have a longing for any shape. The shape would be a longing to be able to sit quietly by myself. No, no. It's just a kind of. If there's a longing, it's just like uh, I'm tired and you go and lie down. But it is not uh, to make lie down another kind of sadhana. I don't have any sadhana like that. You understand sadhana mean by, by that meaning, you know, a kind of spiritual practice. Uh, not uh, it's just not like that. Yeah. I can, I can. This is probably it's my mind that I fill in. For you, that I think oh, it is so much for you to all those questions from us and all those attention we. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like this for me. Um, uh, because uh, the God remind me of the time I had so many questions. There was a time I was searching so much. To find someone who is like me, how I am now, I wanted to find someone I could sit and talk to, uh, who wasn't already uh, full of uh, dogma, and uh, you know, uh, and it was very difficult. Well, I was looking for someone, I kept finding people, but I felt that they, I, I would be impregnated with a certain kind of concept, you know. So what I found in unexpectedly, found little. Meeting people here and here, little little things somebody would say to me or something I see in them, and that would be like a, a grenade inside my being. So it's like I was not 
looking for, I was looking for one person at that early time. But I was finding that uh, in, in, in many beings, there was not many, but quite a few people, would uh, say something to me, or something would happen. And it would be so powerful, I felt that my being was so naked uh, and so hungry for that, that the impact would be so powerful that uh, when I had heard some things that my soul needed, I would have to go home and sleep for three days or something. I couldn't get up. They were, I was just they took all my energy, you know. Uh, sometimes I'd have what what I sometimes call satsang flu, meaning that I just uh, it was so strong. Or I I was not used to reading uh, books, you know. I'm not I don't read so much. Uh, so sometimes if I read something, say of uh, one of the sages and so on, you know, like sometimes just a sentence or something would be enough, and I have to put it down and go to bed, sit with it for a while, and just uh, it does something, yeah. and that, you know. But um, now with uh, with such, I don't have this feeling of just oh, I'm tired of answering this question. I don't have this feeling at all because each one is unique, and my response is not coming from my person or something, you know. It's uh, everything is a God power is doing. It doesn't. What will make me more tired, uh, physically, also or mentally, you may say, is questions about person, of just a person, person, which I'm not able to answer anymore. Just, I, it's especially with beings who have spent time with me. We're not, we're not going to talk like this anymore, because everything that is required of you to, to transcend that state, you already have it. You must just use it. You know. It's like I give you the key, uh, and you're and uh, I'm looking for you, and you're still locked inside your room. And I say, well, obviously because you want, huh? because if you want, you can't be in the room saying, please let me out, and you got the key. <laughs> it would seem a bit silly, you know. So I, I just remind, you know. Well, you have a key. You say, why are you saying I want to come out and come out? Well, you got the key. You got a golden key. Why do you say it? You know. So like this type of thing. It's not that I get tired, but now I don't allow myself to get tired of it. I try and chop it. You know? so no, we're not going to talk like that to to raise your your power back, you know. Because in the satsang, really, what carries satsang is just a lot of love. You know, where it comes from. It's just it's just there because something inside is not prepared to accept you. For less than I know you are, you know, there's that thing is there that drives satsang a lot, and uh, and uh, the other thing is that uh, I some I have a crazy side to myself, which is to feel that I don't see why everybody don't get it. Yes, <laughs> it's a kind of crazy. I would say it's a kind of crazy thing, because people seem to be convincing me that it's so difficult. I'm going start. <laughs> What are we talking about? I'm talking about you. It's difficult to be you, but I understand what they mean also. But sometimes we have to have this play. The sense of personhood is a very costly concept to wear. And the thing is that. 
I was sharing for a while this song of Kabir, a line from Kabir. It says, Maya, Maya, you are the most incredible, you are the most uh, deceptive. Great deceiver. You are the greatest deceiver. Because, in a way, I say, you have everyone caught in your web, and nobody recognizes you. But I know you. <laughs> you see, that is. Because for a while we we are everybody living and they feel comfortable in their existence and it feels like you know up to a point, no. And why does it feel like even if you are a thief or something, your life still kind of feels like it fits, you know? Because underneath your your activities is the I am vibration, and it is not personal, but it is there even to support the sense of personhood. And we are we are living in the vibration of the I amness, but we are labeling it the person, and this is one of the first big mistakes. And that's why the I am generates tremendous life. It is life, and it is the seed of experience. So it is like that. No? And uh, but we don't um, see that until somehow when your satsang begins to kick in. And we have so much toxin inside that we are also defending because we believe that it is us. We try to protect it, you know, a certain behavior that you think it's that it, uh, this is the, the deceiving agent in some way, because it makes you feel that to be free of this is to lose something important to you. Because our identity is shaped with a lot of things which are not good, actually, it's not true. But there must be the growing and the wisdom to recognize. Actually, uh, in awakening, there is a sense you will experience a sense of risk because of the ego. It will feel like I'm giving up something and for something that I can't I have no guarantee and this kind of stuff. You know, so without grace, you cannot do it. Grace is with everybody, but it seems not to manifest for everybody at the same time. And this I cannot. The ways of God is inscrutable. And so therefore, I speak with those who come. I don't go out to get anybody, because ones who come, then I feel okay. There must be something in them. They may even be trying to run from something, but something is in them. I want to find out why is it. Yeah, yeah, I see. Because I don't feel I have to convince anybody of anything. You see. Because I am speaking to you of what I know in you. Of your person, I am not so interested, of course, because I would have no space to keep your person. But of you, uh, yes, I am I, happy to, to meet. It is still phenomenal, but you know. Okay. Guruji, Thank I you. Like yeah. I want to speak to you, but I don't know if it's just my ego wanting to speak, and I just. Why don't you take a risk? Well, yeah, I am now. Mm. I don't have anything. There's nothing really that I want to say. I just. Sometimes that is enough that you expose something. You know, it doesn't have to have a lot of words behind it. Sometimes I just ask people. Are you, if you are called today for freedom, in the sense that you've understood so far from me, you know, if you're called today, 
are you ready today? You yes. see, yes. and then uh, people stand up. That that is already something, you know. I may not go any further talking any further, but that may be already pushing through something, and it's already a turn in the uh, in the of the key inside you, you know. I so feel it like doesn't. I'm bursting open and. The ego is definitely dissolving and I can see the trick of the mind saying like it's nothing, like the self, you know, like every yeah. time I come to that place, not I come to that place, but how it seems at the moment of it's what I am, it's what's always been here, it's the silence and presence, the mind just sort of like, yeah, it's there and then wants to bring attention there and I think I need to expose to bring it attention where? to the ego, and I think lately, like too much attention has been enjoying the ego a bit too much. Mm. And I just want to expose that because I, I know that it's just it is poison and it's not true, and um, I don't know. I don't even know what I want to say. I just want to say that. When you say things like, you know, you want to be able to look at someone, there be no one there, like, I want that one to be me completely. I want it just to be completely finished in this because it's just the total truth and there's so much love and peace and happiness and joy and it doesn't come from yeah. anything. But when I say to look at someone, nobody there, I don't mean that there's, I mean that there's no ego there, no person. That's what God I mean, is there. Uh, pure awareness is here. And, uh, I mean, superficially, they, we may carry some trait, some little traces of our conditioning, but they're on the surface. It's like the moon. You look at the moon, and it's got it's got spots in it, but it doesn't impede the light of the moon. You know, we don't have to try to be squeaky clean and like this. Just keep focusing on you know that any of these things they are just kind of they're more phenomenal. You know, when you're going and you're looking and and to you're trying to find a thing that cannot be found phenomenally. This is a, you have to be somehow prepared for that. You're trying to find something that cannot be found dualistically or phenomenally. You're trying to see something that cannot be seen. Whatever you can see, you are not that. Whatever you can taste, whatever the senses bring you or the mind bring you, you cannot be distant. You're already here. You're, if you, when, as you come, as this understanding is reawakening inside you, you know you feel that it it is so natural. There's not there's nothing you know allopathic about it. There's nothing strange and about it's total natural. You don't need an external source to convince you that it is natural. It feels totally, totally organic for you, this understanding. You see, contrary to our belief that you know in the world we are trying so much to become something and here you something is like it's unbecoming, but you're not worried so much about the unbecoming. You just realize it's something that is not it's not uh, it, it, it as you say it's it's always here you're always here how far is it when we use the word it how far it is in what direction you can point to say where it is where is this vibration strongest where where it is you see and 
it's 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 a bit sieving the mind out from all of the noise, all of these little things, you know, uh, just to be the that space again. And amazingly, now, uh, when life is expressed, it's expressed from here. It's expressed from here. It doesn't have to go through this filter of personhood. Who's going to going to add little seasoning of you know prejudice and you know no it's just it flows more and it is not that it has to come out sweet and lovely and no it can be whichever way it needs to come but it's true and it's pure and it's organic can i use a word like that okay praying earlier for the right question to come and uh, i don't know what question, but I just want to bring this. Yes. And you speak about crossing the bridge, that we don't have to cross it again. But it has to happen. Mm -hmm. Many um, examples are given. Metaphors are given while we are still wearing a sense of duality and personhood, you know, like crossing over and you know, dropping things inside. But uh, gradually you are coming into, uh, uh, well, you are becoming yourself, basically. If a funny thing I can say. We are unbecoming what we are not, and again becoming yourself. It is a duality, it is a play. Many years ago, I said, there is nothing you need to change or do in order to be what you are, but there is something that you need to recognise in order to stop being what you are not. And you must understand that. You, know, that you can never be the object of your perception. You this entity is, uh, it is seen, it is clearly, it is clearly seen. This vibration, this I entity. It can be there, you know. I mean, it's not like oh, you know, this sense of I is some monster or some demon. It's not. But it must be cleansed and be, and be freed from the grip of the egoic identity. You see, because your mouth, from your mouth, words are gonna come. From your body, touch is gonna come. For all this, the senses are not poison. You know, the sense is not poison. It's not that. You see, life is not corrupted. It, 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 you transform it actually by being yourself. Actually, you transform the potential to go into a dark direction, and you put light into the into your world. It's you know, yeah. Because it's a scene, and there is something from a purer space. It is seen. Yes. So something wants to. Also get rid of this I, uh, and I know that even yeah. that one is not. Uh, it's also not yes, true. The, the truest. It's, it's not the way. The interpreting, yeah, the interpreting, misinterpreting identity entity. That also you come to see, but that is also phenomenal. You see, because we are taking up residence in lots of shapes, and now somehow you are coming out of those shapes. You follow. Every shape you take, you come into a self-definition, and then every definition uh, is a kind of constriction. 
you, you begin to experience this. Amazingly, we can go through life and you don't see this. You see, but once you begin to see, you you develop a, such a love for seeing because it's freeing. The seeing is a freeing. And you remember, I said also, it's not until you're coming out of a state that you can look back and see how what that state was. While you're in it, it feels totally natural for you. You see, as you're somehow seeing through, thinking, "Oh my God, for so many years I believed this thing, and it had it it had a it had a life inside my life, and now you see that you know it was a." It was a parasite idea that is hemorrhaging energy, but yet you are willingly giving it up because you had surrendered to this idea. You see? Good even if there are no thoughts, and uh, there is a perception of I, there is a vibration of the uh, I that it's yeah. seeing. This I is the self. This is the. You say? Yeah, it feels it has content. It's um, it's not. Uh... When the content of this eye is consciousness, it's okay. You know, I spoke to you about this uh, two aspect of we say uh, nirguna brahman and saguna brahman. You remember we spoke about this that nirguna brahman means that uh, the self uh, beyond quality, the pure essence, the pure awareness self. You know, and Saguna Brahman, the self with quality, meaning in its diverse expressions, Saguna Brahman. And most human beings are more fine, palatable Saguna Brahman, because it's relatable. Even the term Sahaja, we talk about Sahaja Samadhi Sahaja, means the natural state, without going in, without having to, you know, you know to. To perceive a world or nothing like that, you know, the natural, the state, while the senses are functioning, it's still understanding that, you know, it's not having to go into some, to slip away into some kind of swoon or something. It's like while the senses are functioning, you're also in your natural state. Otherwise, it would mean that as soon as you wake up, you know, somehow, is regarding the senses as a poison. And in conflict with the self, which they cannot do because they are an expression of the self. Also, is the mind that is interpreting on a personal basis and bias to say, you know, yeah, but this belongs to me. I like this. That's where the the the, the fault lies, and is to transcend that mind, that mind identity. You follow this? Yeah. It's not that. Uh, mm, Nobody would be attracted to it if it meant that you know you have to dismiss everything, not dismiss it, you know, like this, but you outgrow the need for phenomenality. And it's not that you're left in some kind of in some kind of vacuum. It's uh, no one knows the. It is the source of bliss. It is the source of peace. It is the source of joy. It is complete and it is perfect. But if you are going to ask, you know, um, standing on the shore, what's it like being in the sea? And we say, come in. Because when you come in, you can see for your own self. Then you can tell someone else, come in. Because 
I can't describe it. He said, but you're right there. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't tell you, man. Just come on in. You, know? you see? When you come in, feel the ocean. You feel your own, step in your own ocean. Feel it. Because the man said, yeah, but is it safe? You know, and, you know, I have to give up all my things. and I have things to do in the world. And say, so, okay, okay, see you later. <laughs> so, uh, Thank you so much for keeping pulling me into your love, into your ocean, and all of us, and just reminding me in so many different ways here in Sahaja, and for making it possible for me to be here and to be with you. And and I feel you share so much with us, even when you don't speak, and and just through everything, everything you do, everything. I am going to say to you, don't settle for a nice life. Nice life you will have. Freedom. What I mean by freedom. This you if you understand what I mean by this. Because of course, if you are in a genuine search for truth, your life has to change. It is changing. By grace it's changing. You're becoming more at peace with things, you're not so reactive. You're able to perceive and experience action, reaction, interaction, silence, all these you can perceive. When you, you, they are perceived in a stillness within yourself. It must be like this. I don't want to be saying to you, yeah, but we need another five years more. No, I'm saying, no, no, whoa, 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 what is, yes, yes, this is there anyway, it's safe, well, don't worry about that, you know, come with me. What about this? Yes. To not waste any time, to not waste any, to really, to be fully single-minded for yeah. to find the highest. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Um, but you can be single-minded without being stressed and anxious uh, and tight, because there's uh, there's joy. Joy is your perfume. Joy is bringing you to drown in the ocean of joy. Okay, see you soon. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, joy is bringing you to to drown in your own ocean of joy. It's something is there already, no? But when you say single pointed, I hear you. You see, don't want to waste time. I hear you. Sometimes people think, oh, you know, sorry, I can't waste time. No, not in a panicked way. You have made that choice. That choice is accepted in the in the heart of God. You see. Yeah. So some, it will it will somehow fill that space with a sort of uh, uh, a kind of a, a beautiful vigilance, yeah. an alertness of being that will not allow complacency to settle into you. And everybody is uh, is jumping into the ocean of samsara. You will be inside here. You see, don't think anyone is having a greater life than you. Don't even. I only say that because sometimes people are feeling that you know it's such a sacrifice, and I said that is sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to give up all that rubbish. <laughs> 
It's a sacrifice to give up your your addictions and and fears and 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 uh, and the prejudices and it's a sacrifice to be free. Then you are not inside the understanding, because I have not told you work six months and at the end of six months you get this thing. I say no. Right now, this is a tree that bears fruit on the first day of planting. You see it also as you're following. You feel immediately as the attention is guided away. I don't want to fill anyone's mind with a, a lot of practices and things to convince yourself. What does all of that convince you that the self is somewhere at the end of some practice? Is it no? It is here even. Watching the practice take place also. It is here watching the practice take place. It is here watching the meditator meditating to try and reach what it is. I am that. I only have to check in with you whether you are on board. Yes. Yes. I want to to expose that I am, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm very, very much in burning space in these days. But for me, it's very clear there is, there is, there is nothing more. Guruji, it's, it's, it's been experienced here many, many, many times. I don't know what happened that I, somehow I forget or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I'm here fully with you every day in my life, every second. You are talking to me like in an invisible way. I'm listening to your words. Your words I have confirmed many, many times that, are, that they are true in my heart. And, 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 and this, this state of ignorance is, is unbearable to me. And, but I, I know what it is. I, somehow I, I have met it many times. And my longing is it's so truth and so pure. You're longing, you see, also. Now from the emptiness, everything is revealed. Now you must, uh, you must disappear in your emptiness. The one that keeps appearing to do something should be identified that, that at its earlier stage it is fine. But you must come to know that, wait a second, this is kind of overplay, this is overwork. You will come to see, and I'm speaking now of a genuine seeing, because there are people who can do it in their head and think, yes, yes, I've done it. But then when you show up in a genuine place, we will smell you that you're not true. That the words have got to still a person. So you're right. Yes, you're looking, but I say, please now look and see that. But wait a second, even the longing is also perceived. Find out what that means in you, if the longing is perceived. Uh, what is longed for is watching the longing. And understand what that means, Be, and understand, experience what that is. You are already the emptiness. 
when you know that emptiness cannot forget itself, then you will not hold on to the identity of the one who forgets. Forget the one who forget. You see, these are things we have to wait a second. Yeah, maybe I'm still holding on to the shape of the one who forget also and say, but that also is also an idea. And that idea must collapse somehow in your seeing. And it will reappear maybe in another as another conceptual tumor somewhere else. But you look the same, but that is also seen. You see? When he says also seen, not also saying, okay, boom, finish, okay, right, get back to that. No. See once, see twice, confirm three, four, keep looking. Because you're looking whatever time of day under any circumstances you're seeing will will guarantee the same outcome. That uh, it is still only a shadow, it is still only another shape, and need not take that shape, you see. Therefore, I say, remain shapeless. Remain means what? I say, become shapeless. I say, remain shapeless. Mean you are already shapeless. Stay like this. Uh, the play in the mind is seem to be inviting to go into shape. And some shapes are nice. You tried them before. You had a nice time there. Especially when it's time to transcend them, they start to feel very nice. <laughs> you understand? Yeah, the man will dig up some old corpse and dress it up, and we'll take it to your your party, and you say, oh, "I remember you want to dance with you again." And this, uh, you'll make it look very nice. Uh, this is your this is your living in your power. Anyone who is following this and doing it, you will see that you are in a state of pure grace. In this time, you are completely filled with a, a bliss. Don't identify with the part that is on the way out. We don't identify with any cloud. There is something that you said uh, when a shape happens, uh, it is the belief in it that causes the suffering and for it to stay. And this, just sitting with that, had the most amazing impact. It just went into this black and white screen of everything, everything I see. I'm just, I'm just here, and um, I find myself just in so much, like simple, simple, sweet alertness of gratitude, and just keeping the attention on that. You will feel gratitude when you're catching out. You know, when you're burning the nests of the delusions, you will feel a natural gratitude, because you are like you are being set free. In areas you did not know were trapped. You understand? Uh, you are looking and you are confirming and you see the power of that. You, know? you feel it, uh, you are permeated with the power of that seeing and that releasing. Not only relief, but release. And uh, so this is with you. And uh, uh, you continue marinating in that, incubate in that understanding. That's what, and just stay with it, confirming, confirming, confirming. So that, like I say, on the day that the forest of the mind bursts into flames, you are not burnt.
the Holy Spirit of Grace is here now, and it's is is manifesting its power and its joy now in you. But are you aware of it? Yes. yes. This notion of time is is still playing, and there is someone to watch this. Yeah, all these things can be there. You say the notion of time is play. Yes, yes. I also have the notion of time. Okay, it's a time. Oh, we have to go and do this. Okay, don't waste time with that. <laughs> you see, because it, yes, yeah, you guys. Okay, the nation. The also the sense of the interplay of relationships with my family is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be there. Don't fo- don't focus on that. The, you something is aware of these things. Don't be going out trying to zap things. Just be aware and watch again, but the, but the awareness of is the awareness uh, involved in something, as awareness tied itself to any object appearing in it, whether the object is of time or anything, you see? Then you, this you confirm. It is enough. You see, if you have a big factory with different compartments, different departments, there's a light and there's so much stuff in all the places. And when everybody leaves and the, the watchman has to go and turn off every single light, he must know the one switch that turned everything off. Otherwise, when everybody's finished working, he's also start to work for the whole night switching off lights. <laughs> he has to be able to go to the to the power switch and put the plow and take everything out. You have to go to the the this this power cut to the mind. You have to go there to put the power, to switch the power off from him. How you do this, you see? Hmm? There's two ways in which we can say you can uh, you know get rid of thoughts. You know, some people at least they try a lot, you know, to they are street fighting with the mind. It's very hard. You very rarely win. If you win only one round. <laughs> okay? Or you can begin to recognize from the place that but all these thoughts it's like they are auditioning to see if they can catch a person. If they can pull you into personhood, then they it's almost they, they, they buy time because the person is always in time, has something to do, something to change, something to fix, something to heal, something to know, something to possess, something to lose. As you begin to watch that, and you can confirm, not just get pulled into the traffic of the sensations of the phenomenal and dynamic movement of consciousness and mind, but the weakness of it, you know, what is watching it. You know. So the attention is not going out purchasing, shopping through the senses. Now it's turned around to see if it can find. Even this turning around of the attention is watched from the place. Once you begin to see this, then what happens is that you, you come into the experience of the environment of the seeing. You feel like you are cocooned in the infinite. But as what? As a particle of the infinite? It, it, it's very subtle, but it's already a big change. The purpose of observing is not just to keep watching and when you get to the best part of the movie, it is to see who is watching. Who is watching? When I was a child, and you know, we used to watch, and we grew up in 
sitting on the veranda and the adults telling us ghost stories and all this kind of stuff, and we used to love it. Mm-hmm. Why we love being afraid? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then, then what happened is that we kept watching movies when I into my teenage years and stuff. We were watching movies of scary movies and things like this, and they used to really affect me. You know? And uh, until one day I was watching. And I saw some like child walking into some creepy house, and the music, and you identify with the child. And you're watching. Why is it going? What a stupid boy! Why are you going, Why are you going in there? You know, the axeman is in there. Child walking there, and it just clicked on me. But the cameraman is there. Somehow, somehow it just came. The camera, the cameraman is there. Once I came to this, uh, movies lost their power. <laughs> the movies watched lost their power really. because I couldn't. I wouldn't buy into the atmosphere totally. I didn't like what it was doing. So I said, "Who is the cameraman?" <laughs> so this is why sometimes I say, "Are you merely an object?" In front of the lens of perception, or are you behind the lens of perception, or both, or beyond? You sit with that and you look with this. I also used to be terrified. Also, when I was a boy, and I saw dead bodies, and I went to one see someone died in my town, and I went to the funeral and looking at oh my god, it's horrible! Oh my god, this is a dead person. There's Mrs. Johnson is inside there, or Mrs. Jacobs, or is it Mrs. Jacobs died? I think. Oh, is there a person dead in the body? Oh, I thought, oh no, this is the future for everybody. A horrible, horrible thing. And then I, it was troubling me. And then uh, one time it came up inside. Is, it, is the last breath in or out? Of course, if it was in. There was somebody who took it. I said, "No, oh, no, no! Don't want to be dead, nobody. Last breath." Made a big difference. So sometimes even life will help you a little bit too. To break through all these things that we build up in our in the person culture, like this also, no? This question comes up in my contemplation quite a lot, and I didn't know whether to um, bring it to you if it's too intellectual or something. But it does come up when I sit with it sometimes, and it's I understand that until one completely awakens, they keep getting reborn. Into different lives, but what happens to one once the body dies? Who is awake? Just like with the body, you can experience being a person, a very personal self in the body, and you can also, when the body is alive. Experience that you are the universal self in the body. It's a it's a huge difference in the in the way of perceiving. Hmm? 
so that universal consciousness can bear it's not it's just not also dwelling so much into body consciousness you see so it is spread very very widely and it can function in any kind of body but it's not tied to anybody the sense of individuality must wear some subtle vessel you see it may not be able to have, it doesn't necessarily have to have arms and legs it can be like an orb also but it is you cannot judge the quality of that consciousness and it can also is not imprisoned by any form it can change body you know, if it wants to and move into any different bodies and it can also be totally bodiless what is the form of god Where is the body of God? Hmm? Where is Ramana Maharshi right now? Papaji, where about they live? You cannot answer this question. They, they live everywhere. They can be in anything. Really? They are also in you. One boy was from in Brixton, where I lived. He was uh, coming and uh, seeing me when I was selling incense in a chai shop. I had a chai shop there. And uh, he and his girlfriend, after a while, telling boy, they were she was pregnant, having baby, and like this. And uh, but he, he was uh, smoking a lot. We were just smoking a lot of marijuana. I don't know what else he's taking. I told him another friend came also was there, and they would sometimes go off together. I say, I don't think you should do this. You know, for you it's not good. I can't speak against my wife. My wife is fine. For some people it's fine, and for others it's not good. Their 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 temperament, their their inner strength is not there enough. You know, they get easily distorted, and they go into different states and so on. No, and uh, we heard one day that he. Um, on the news that um, the one person uh, jumped over on one of the bridges, one of London's bridges, not London Bridge itself, but maybe something like the Thames or whatever. That, that of, um, I'm forgetting the name of the bridges, not Lambeth Bridge or one of those bridges. You know? And that the lifeguard, the, the police, uh, water police, picked him up and this type of stuff. And he said that he saw a puppy jumped in the water, so he went to went for it, but nobody could find puppy or whatever like that. But anyway. Um, a few months later, they found his body in Brighton. He could only be recognized because of his tattoo, also. Mm. Couldn't finish. Then his mother came. She was very distraught. Came from Italy, very distraught. Oh, how could this happen? I don't understand. Why well, he wasted his life? And he had a child coming. All this kind of stuff. And uh, I felt so much for her. You know. And then one day. I saw her in this Brixton, and she looked. You no, know, she came to my house, and she said, she looked really happy. I said, "Oh, mom, how are you?" I, said, I saw him. I saw him. I saw him. He came to me last night in my room. And he sat on my bed, and he says, "She said to him, you know what? I don't want to use his name at the moment. Why you? Why you do this? Why you do this? You know, you have so much to live for. Why are you going to do this, do this?" And he said to her, "Why all this concern?" Uh, uh, for what is one life when placed against infinity? 
She couldn't understand that yet, but something in her changed very, very powerfully, and she felt of complete rest. And you know, like she felt, he exists. He had to appear to her in one form that she no, no. She says, "Why all this worry? You know, what is one life against the against the background of infinity?" He was not speaking like that before. He can't speak like this before. Don't worry about that. Do what you have to do now. Do what you are doing now, if you want to say. Keep looking. That is what you are doing. Don't be investing in any work that life is preparing another womb for your next birth. Don't be looking like that. Resolve your misunderstandings. Yeah. The rare it is for a human being to go beyond the grip of Maya. You came for that reason, isn't it? Yes. yes. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.